This week on the Zoom Zoom show, Ollie Chignall runs a 5,000 metres very, very fast. Leah Belfield goes number five all time in the New Zealand in the 100 metres. And Brad Mathis is cleaning things up in Japan in the 800 metres. Sam Tanner over in the States also running very well in the 1500 and his training buddy Hayden Wilde opens up his international triathlon campaign with a dominant win in the arena games and of course this isn't a triathlon show but one third of that event was was athletics related so well done Hayden Wilde and this show we talk to Alicia Loverich and we find out how the heck she got so passionate about the sport of athletics. And we're away. The final of the 100 metres. Here we go. Tell you what, she's given it a decent old nudge there. Yes! That's over 60. That's what she was looking for. The pack is chasing. The pack is trying to hunt him down. So aggressive in her crossover steps as she whips that through. Opened up a 15 metre gap on the Olympic bronze medalist. Can he hold it together? Here he goes, putting his foot down. Well, kia ora koutou everyone, welcome along to the Zoom Zoom show, it is the 10th of May here in 2022, this is episode number 3, my name is Hayden Chairman and with me is Alicia Loverich, how are you Alicia, welcome back to the show. Good, how's it going? I'm I'm very good, apart from the family getting, waking up this morning with COVID, (laughs) so that was a, we kind of knew last night as we were going to bed, like uh, my daughter Florence was um, feeling a bit under the weather, so I was like, okay, probably something's going on, woke up this morning, got out the rat test and finally got a positive result after like how many rat tests we've done over the last few months, so uh, those two have got uh, got COVID, so I'm in isolation as well with them expecting to test positive at some stage, but we're good to go at the moment. So if I if I suddenly <laughs> just drop down uh, or just start making zero sense, that's that's because COVID's just hit me. So just a word of warning. You can't speak because your throat's starting to hurt. Oh, it's yeah. a cat and mouse game, isn't it, at the moment with COVID? It's like, how can we avoid... You yeah. can't avoid I, I do I do think the, the COVID party is is a real thing that we should investigate because you're gonna head overseas in what six weeks? Seven weeks? Oh shit, what? Is it coming uh, up that fast? Eight weeks. I think it's eight weeks. Eight oh my weeks. god. So you, that, that, sorry, that just hit me. I didn't even realise <laughs> it's that close. Yeah, twelfth of July. So you're going to photograph at the World Athletics Champs in Oregon, then on to the um, Birmingham Com Games. So obviously you don't want COVID during that trip. So there's an argument for maybe trying to get it now. I know, and I haven't had it. And now I'm like, oh, my God, should I try to get it? Or (laughs) do I I just don't get it? (laughs) 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 I'll get my daughter to, like, lick a a lollipop or something and and fire it up on on a courier, overnight courier. (laughs) And then we can find, oh, my Lord. I know because I'm sitting here, I'm a bit nervous because you're, I don't know what, we we don't have the same, um, we haven't heard much about testing protocols and stuff. It's not, whereas Tokyo this time before we had like a full on, like it was real intense because obviously Delta was like rampant um, then. But now we haven't heard much, but. Yeah, if you, if it's like a regular, which it probably is, like a regular testing, like a rats rat test though, instead of like the um, spit in the tube, which is quite nice. Um, yeah. One test, one positive, and you're you're done. I know. <laughs> yeah. Imagine getting to 
one of these big events and just spending the whole time in a hotel. Yeah. Uh, oh, I know brutal. some but states. But that's a reality. So, yeah. Well, some states in the know. US, it's five days. Okay. And so then, you might so I guess good. that's not... Yeah, it's funny how we're we're more worried about the isolation rather than the actual sickness. <laughs> <It's> no, no. <laughs> shows, shows how things have progressed, but that's probably a better situation to be in. Anyway, yeah. this show is not just about COVID, of course. No, we're we're talking word. about all things run, jump, throw, and Aotearoa. And at the moment, we've got a good crop of athletes all around around the world doing amazing things. And this is where early May, mid May, and this is a time of year when we start to see some of those Northern Hemisphere summer uh, performances um, drop. And so we're sort of just ramping mm. up that Northern Hemisphere summer. So some of these uh, results are athletes could kind of just opening their season. Uh, some of them are, are just sort of tagging on something at the end of their, their New Zealand season. But let's Jump and the first one that really caught my attention was at the Peyton Jordan Invitational with Ollie Chignall in the 5K. So he dropped his PB down to 13.27, and that is 13th all time. So he's creeping up that leaderboard um, and a seven-second PB. So he, he picked up fifth place in that. So I think he can be pretty pleased with that one. Um, and I did a little bit of analysis, dived into the, the top 16 in the 5,000 metres, and we've actually got eight of the top oh, wow. 16 are competing right now, and that means 5,000 metres. So uh, like that includes Nick Willis, who's sort of on the, on the way out. Mm. Um, and he would he would admit that um, the Robertsons, who hopefully we'll we'll see more of them this this summer, and then all, all the the top guys at the moment, so Hayden Wild, Matt Baxter, um, obviously Ollie Chignall's in there, and Jordy Beamish. So this it's really strong and really encouraging. And uh, mm. one one of my my pet hates is when people sort of talk about the good old days, you know, sixties and seventies of of New Zealand distance running. And I think right now this this bunch of dudes are, are running as oh, good definitely. as any bunch is. Even so, looking like you know, we talked about last week with the World Juniors, how we had three guys qualify for the fifteen hundred. Like we have, it's like that crop of middle distance. Is five k middle distance? It's body jumper talking here. It, it's probably the cross. The yeah, it's right on the border. I'd probably okay. call it distance. Okay. But it's right on the border. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 3k would put that in middle distance okay. so i think once you're at five year, year five. distance yeah okay yeah. but that like crop of you know we've got like an awesome crop of runners you know so yeah people talking about the good old days i yeah. mean this time now is like the the good old good, days good nowadays good nowadays there we go good there nowadays. we go it's amazing <laughs> yeah and, so, and also seven second pb i'm reading that going holy shit is that like how like how ludicrous is that for a five k dropping seven seconds? It's a good jump, but uh, Peyton Jordan is one mm. of the meets to go to if you want to run fast. It's usually okay. nice and calm in yep. Stanford in California. Okay. So yeah, you can you can see big jumps of like 20, 30 seconds if oh wow if, yeah if you haven't been in a good race in New Zealand with good conditions and good competition and all that you can yeah that's true chunk off big 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 amounts of 
time. But yeah, it's it's really encouraging for Ollie. And I know he's got big plans uh, mm. coming up. So heading in the right direction. Now also yeah, heading ahead. in the right direction, Catherine Camp. Formerly 400 meter hurdler, then a 800 yeah. meter runner, then a 1500 meter, and now she just won the Toronto half marathon. So she she's just going from very short distances right up to the other end of the spectrum, and yeah. expect her to do her ultra marathon debut in a few weeks or something. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But so so she won uh, that half marathon in 118.32, which is solid. Um, probably not uh world class at the moment but definitely solid and encouraging for yeah encouraging that she's heading in the right direction and i also saw uh dave ridley uh over in he's melbourne based he Mm. got second in the geelong half marathon um a couple of weeks ago as well with a 106 so that's nice and quick he's a really consistent performer in the the marathon and the half so good news from then and we talked about Leah Belfield <laughs> a few weeks ago. Uh, bring us up to speed, Alicia, with what she's been up to because she is running fast. Oh, so, yeah, in the Lone Star Conference in Kingsville, Texas, um, Leah ran an 11.48, a finally a legal time because last time we chatted, I think she ran like mm. 11 30 something with like a two point something or three point something wind, but now it's fine. Like now a legal PB 1148 with a 1.1 tail, which now makes her the fifth all time New Zealander over the distance. And from 2022, yeah, that puts her in second behind Zoe. Wow. And then if you look at all illegal, yeah. And then like all times, including, you know, windy ones, she is third. Wow. After Rosie yeah. Elliott's um, 11.34. Man, that's cool. At Nationals. Yeah. So very exciting, very exciting stuff from um, Leah. And then, of course, she ran a two, uh, 200, a PB as well for her, with no wind, a 23.65, which puts her 15th all-time in New Zealand. Epic. It, it's so, so good. And we've talked, we had Zoe on the show last week uh, or two weeks ago. So if you haven't caught that, make sure you go back and listen because it's really cool picking her brain uh, about the state of New Zealand's um, female sprinting at the moment. But it, it's awesome that like it's not just domestic. We've got women yeah. overseas running so well and she's in D Division 2 uh, at what, West Texas? I've forgotten. Uh, oh, forgotten which one it is um but yeah she's running super super well and 11 4 8 fifth all-time new zealand it's just going to keep heading north and she could be eyeing up a potential uh outdoor title outdoor medal in, in division two uh, mm. so yeah very encouraging um also over in the States, we had Alison Andrews Paul in the 1500 drop a, a new PB. So remember, she ran a really good 800 a few weeks ago, uh, going 201. So she's just run 421 uh, in the 1500, uh, picking up fourth at the Portland Twilight meet. Uh, so that's good signs from her as well. I would say her 201 in the 800s, a little bit better than, than yeah. that 421, but showing that she's got good strength there as well yeah that's just going to help at 800 as well doing more good things so 
Also in the 800 metres, Brad Mathis has been over in Japan tearing things up and he's got a couple of couple of wins under his belt. So he ran a uh, on the 3rd of May, did a 146.10 and that's just 0.09 outside of his PB uh, from last year. And painfully, it's it's very, very close to the, the comp uh, games standards. Let me just bring that up. Uh, no, 145.80. 45.80 for mm. a B standard. Oh, you got to feel like that <laughs> point 0.3. It's, it's so little. <laughs> I mean, that's almost a reaction time for a middle distance runner off the line. Just a little like, bit of a little bit of a... Yeah, just lame. We're a oh. thicker singlet, all that sort yeah. of stuff. <laughs> oh. uh, so it, I'm sure he's got it in him, and I hope he's got some good races lined up where he can can tick that off. But he he ran another 146.58 in Tokyo. That was at the the stadium, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I saw Tori Peters throwing the javelin there as well. Um, pretty cool to see them competing there. Yeah, and Hamish um, Kerr high jump. He oh, jumped true. There, right? I I might have missed that one, but you could be right. I'm pretty sure I saw it on his Instagram. Yeah, so that's yeah. cool being back at the stadium again. Brought that memories for myself, and you know, would it for Hamish as well? Totally. It's uh, what time of year is it? It's uh May. Is it still hot as hell? It's probably it way be, more pleasant. It'd be getting warm, eh? Yeah, but a bit more probably pleasant ideal. than yeah. Then July. Was it super hot when you disgusting. were there at the Olympics? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like actually disgusting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then like, of course, Tori, another, um, you know, Javelin 60-40, another B standard. And yeah. she came fifth. Like, uh, a, that was a continental, continental gold meet, right? So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Seiko Golden Grand Prix. So must have been some points up there. Brad got yeah. the win. So yeah. yeah. Potentially good points looking towards world champs. Mm, that's going to help. And especially running a 146 five um, and then getting gold points. What are those points? Might have a little look. Oh, we um, <laughs> while, you, while you do that, I'll, I'll dive through some other running results. So we had the Southern Lakes Half Marathon here in the South Island. So down in Cadrona Valley, which sounds sounds beautiful. I'd love, oh. love to run around there. And Dang. so Brett Tenge, uh, a bit of a blast from the past, taking that one out in 110.50. And uh, James Richmond was in second place with a PB of 112.03. And then very close behind him, Nathan Collins, 112.40. 14. So good close racing from those boys. And in the girls, it was a, a good, good little race as well with Angela Waters taking it out with a 117. Uh, just a minute ahead of Mel Aitken in 118 and then Annabelle Bramwell in 120. So sounds like a cool place to be running at this time of year down there in the Southern Lakes. So any idea on those, those points? Have you had any luck? It's an F. No, it's a, oh my gosh. They used to have on their site far out. It's been a while since I looked at it. They used to have a little table to show you how much each one was worth, but I can't find it. Right. Crap. What we need to do anyway, over the next anyway. few episodes is, is do a little points update on, on how these things work. And because essentially for those who are non-initiated to qualifying for world champs, it's just world champs, isn't it? It's not mm. com games or Olympics. 
can't remember. Yeah, no, it's just just oh, it is Olympics. Are those Olympics as well? Uh, yeah. Um, I found but it by the way. Um, yeah, so which is real, and these are like if you looked at the world ranking list, the amount. So essentially, it's your top five performances, your average of them. If you look at it, the difference of the points, it's so close. So those performance, um, sorry, so those um, bonus points. So who call them bonus points for like competition, the actual competition yeah, yeah. itself. So that's why we talk about, you know, your, oh, it's a world athlete, it's continental to a gold meet. Then um, we are meaning that, that that event has more points on the results. And so, yeah. you know, you got, and if you do like um, world indoor championships, you've got meaty points that kind of go mm. all the way down. It's the same with Olympics and world championships. A lot of the time the points can be maybe only allocated to top eight or something. Um, but if it's like Olympics or world champs, it trickles all the way down. If you look at, and if you're looking at the, um, the ranking list, the difference between like a few places is only a few points. Yeah. So it's okay. really key if, you know, athletes are like Brad pulled out that time at when he needed it. Yeah. And so cool. it's, yeah, it's like, I'm trying to find the, it's so confusing though. <laughs> and the other thing that's coming up is the Oceania's in early June. So what are we now? Just three or four mm. weeks away. So yes. that's going to be in, some big points on offer. Eh? So that's part yeah. of why we're sending a massive team to Oceania's trying to oh, get yeah. some good points Ooh, up the ground. I think it's 150. Hmm. Right. Yeah. That's for I think... the Golden Tour? Uh, yeah. And then, oh, A, it's A. Oh, my gosh, I'm blind. So it's 100. 100, okay. Do you know what um, Oceania's would be? So Aerocena Outdoor Championships is a GL, and that is 150. Ooh, right. For the win. Yeah, so imagine you're getting, so, and that, just to put that in perspective, I'm pretty sure B is um, bronze, meh, bronze. So Sir Graham Douglas is a C. And C is 50. Is that right? Okay. Anyway, if you guys look at this, we can put it in our show notes. Like <laughs> it is, you can, you can get lost in this, but it's a top you... 16 places for um, the top level, which is Olympics and Worlds, get points. And so, like, if you go, like, our athletes that went to Tokyo and they got top 16, they're going to get bonus points as well. Mm. And but it does make a huge difference. So if you can perform at Oceanas, which is probably why it's always somewhere hot, yes, somewhere good yeah. weather, um, then that's going to that's going to shoot you up astronomically, like cool. your your overall score. Like for example, um, like an example with uh, Olivia McTaggart, um, she her top four. I quote this. I am going to double check this, but from what I remember, her top um her top performance. Is yeah. from Oceana's. No, actually, it will be World Indoors now. But before yes. World Indoors, um, she only jumped four twenty, but because she got one hundred fifty point bonus points, that is like her second best performance. Wow. And then, of course, those are going to drop off when the new Oceana, when the Oceana comes around, because it's like a rolling twelve months. So that's the other thing: is you're like, you don't know until the last day. Yes, where you someone are. might just sneak in with a little yeah. sneaky event in the middle of nowhere. So we definitely, definitely an episode talking about this, but that's, definitely. yeah, I'm excited for our team heading to Oceanas um, and, yeah, chasing those big times, big performances, and, yeah, 
Big points. Very cool. Now we're going to just take a short break while we sort out some technical issues and we'll be back very soon. And we are back. And while we took a little break, Alicia had a chance to check her notes and, and sort out the math. So so where, where are we at with these qualification criteria for Worlds? Um, also, when I talk about living, I was so wrong. It wasn't even funny. Um, so, <laughs> But just like kind of a gauge, for example, if you want to look at how important Oceanas are. Um, so her Oceana uh, results, she got 425. And she got. Um, this was oh, last year, twenty twenty one. Last year, yeah. and I just, I just like swiped back on my laptop and missed. Um, ah no! And, yeah, sorry, we're back now. So just to kind of give you an idea, so she jumped four twenty five and came second at Oceanas, and her points with the bonus points, so she got one hundred forty five bonus points for that. Was her score is one thousand one hundred and eighty two. Now at the Pots Classic this year. She jumped 460, won the meet, and her point score is 1,185. So she only got three points more, jumping so much higher. Almost half a meter higher. That's wild. Yeah, because of those bonus points. And so when you're looking at her average, so her top score is, of course, World Indoors, jumping 460, coming six. Coming six got her 120 bonus points. So that score is... 1,265. So that's going to bring your average up stupidly. And so this is like this whole new criteria on how to qualify for world champs. It's just a, it's completely different, whole new ball game because of all these little extra things. And when you're looking at different performances, like if you're looking at like right now, I'm looking at Livy and um, like if you go down towards like the business end, you've got uh, 28th is her average is 1,161. 29th is 1,153. So that's not even 10 points in it. And yeah. then the girl after her, the 30th is 1,151. 31st is 1,147. And then 32, which is the cutoff, is 1,146. So there's right. not much in it. Yeah. So I, yeah, there's not much in it. So that's why we put a lot of emphasis on someone performs at one of these things, how good it is. That's yes. a massive spiel on that. We can continue. <laughs> no, it's, it's good <laughs> to dive into it because yeah, it, things have changed from back in the day where you're just aiming for a time and, um, or a, a distance and, and then mm. bam, you, you kind of, and there's, I've, I've tried to, I think the philosophy around is, is you want to see the good athletes racing more and putting yep. more emphasis on competition. So it's not just like you, you've got these athletes doing these kind of manufactured events that are just all yeah. about times or heights or distances. You've got the best athletes competing together. Like mm-hmm. the cool thing about this for Oceania is it's finally Oceania might become like the, the key event in this part yeah. of the world, which yeah. You'd like to think it would at some stage, mm-hmm. like it, the European champs would be the other one, and um, maybe like the I don't know what the Asian champs are like, but definitely if you're a European champ, that's a real big deal. Um, and it'd yeah. be cool if Oceanias was like that, yeah. Now it's getting super important, you know, yeah. like you're everyone 
everyone's going to be Oceanus who hasn't got that automatic qualifier. You bet your ass are there. Yeah. So totally. you're going to have good, good competition. I think back in the day, um, it used to be seen as like an up and coming meet, like awesome for like your first time um, representing New Zealand. And it's still this, you know, but yeah. now you're going to have your big guns there who want to get those points. So it's, it is a good cool. meet. Yeah. One time I like to go. Um, so, cause it's, it's a good meet. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds nice too. Sunny, sunny North Queensland. Good, good time of year to go. So also in the news, we had, uh, Taylor Bronger. Good to see, uh, her, uh, her bringing it back. Uh, she's based in the States now and we actually had a bunch of Kiwis at the Fresno state invitational, uh, which Mm. is in California at the end of April. So Taylor Bronger went sub 12 with an 11.99, just dipping under. And so that's just 0.02 outside of her PB from a couple of years ago. So good to see her in, uh, in top form again. Um, Hannah O'Connor, another name who featured really strongly, particularly as a distance runner in high school. And I think she's been dealing with injury uh, in the States, uh, but she ran a pretty good 1500 for 434. We had Catherine Badham run a 3,000 metre steeples in 11.17. And Katie Thompson with a pretty solid long jump 586 that was with a, a 2.1 uh tailing wind um and murdoch mcintyre um pb'd in the the 3k steeples as well with an 851 so lots of lots of good results there mm. also have to mention the drake relays in des moines iowa uh where christopher goodwin did a, a very solid 7.61 meters uh to finish third there the drake relays uh in the long jump Anthony Barnes is still PBing in the hammers. He added another, uh, I think, half a metre to his best, so uh, up to 63.94, which is about two and a bit metres um, shy of Anthony Nobolo's uh, year lead, so season lead. Um, and then Centane Noom Duckworth uh, is also throwing the hammer really well, out to 53 metres, and in that event... Uh, Sam Tanner just dominated from the from the front, way, like way out. The, the video is quite funny. He's like, there's two races going on. <laughs> one one <laughs> is Sam it. way out the front, and the other of this big group of runners trying to chase him, uh, but like 40 <laughs> meters behind. So, well Love done that. to Sam in that. So, basically, a solo 341. And then the next week, he came back to the sound running track meet and ran a 338. 58 so really solid time uh he got fourth but it was a i was just looking through the splits and this is the way the hardest way possible to run uh, a fast time like 338 so sam ran so 45.7 uh for the first 300 so that's a little bit a little bit slow that's that's above four minute mile pace uh, and then for the next 400, a 61.38. So again, too slow. Mm. Um, mm. And then the next lap was a 58. And then the final lap, 53. They just oh dropped the hammer. So pacing was all over the show. And, and I think they... Racing to win, that's what that is. Yeah, yeah. like no one went, went with the pacemaker who went out uh, first 400 and... Uh, like 56 or something. Uh, no one went with that. 
they're all back in like 61 after the first 400 and then it just dropped like crazy. Holy so shit. the winner, Neil Gawley, um, did a 52-57 in the last lap. Um, Sam did a 53-29. So not too far off the win, um, but he, he beat some pretty big names in the States. Mm. Lots of Yared Nagoose, who was an Olympian. Um, yeah, so good, solid, uh, solid racing there from from sam good to see good him time. on the right track yeah yeah considering that was the what that's what the race was this is what people um i remember saying a comment um of, uh it was at the olympics ages ago and this is what this is what people who don't understand racing don't get is there was it was um they were comparing the men's 1500 which we know was a very tactical race in rio yeah. Um, with Nick, Nick Willis, another bronze medal. Amazing. Yeah, I know. Uh, and they're comparing it to one of the parrot races. Yes. And yeah, it's so a visually they, impaired one, eh? Uh, yeah, I so. which, I mean, that also, like, amazing, amazing race. And they yeah. said that how come it was so, it was, like, the same? Yeah. Or something. And then yeah, a lot yeah, of people went to the, comment. The visually impaired one was faster. Was it faster? Yeah. yeah. I mean, freaking out. That's amazing. Like absolutely amazing, but then of course, like just someone watching that would go, "Why are they so slow? Why are they so slow?" But championship racing is this whole new beast. Yeah, <laughs> and the fifteen hundred is oh yeah, it's like a it's a chess match, and it's part mm. of why it's so cool to run. And if, if yeah. Any, if any runners out there, maybe a distance runner or something, and you haven't done a 1500, it is so cool because it's it's this cat and mouse. Like it's the right speed to yep. benefit from um, the aerodynamics of tucking in behind someone. Yeah. Uh, but it's not so fast that you you can't do some tactics like with the 800. Mm. You can run it from the front and, and just burn everyone off. But you can't do that in the 15. No. Typically, Matthew Centrowitz did it in that race, yeah. and, and he went to the front and just held it, which was amazing tactical racing. But yeah, go go back and and watch that, um, listeners. Look at oh. the Rio fifteen men's fifteen hundred because you were like walking. Yeah, the first yeah, lap, the first it was like two. I, oh gosh, I'm really. It was my sort of pace. I, I feel like they went through into a sixty-five, sixty-six seconds. Okay, um, I love it. Yeah. Maybe it was maybe it was slower, but. Uh, it, it was a race where for the first K, I was like, yeah, I could, I could hang with this. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, then it, it just went ballistic. <laughs> yeah. And it just beautiful tactical awareness from Matt Centrowitz to get to the front. Mm. And he was just aware of all the energy behind him, just gradually accelerating, not burning any matches too early, but just keeping, yep. keeping the lead and behind him is just chopping and changing these mm. guys doing these big surges up to the front and then almost getting clipped. And um, so they're wasting energy behind yeah. Centrowitz and Matt Centrowitz is just, he, he's just holding the rail knowing that this is good. I can just time trial this first K yeah. and then just sprint the final 500. That's the um, thing. Oh, it's so, I'm actually going to go watch this after this. Yeah. It's such yeah. a good, so that's the thing when you're like a miler, it's, you need, it's that like tactic. Like it's so like, it's like, it's not that long, but like you said, it's not short enough. Like an 800. It's not too short. It's enough that you can actually, uh, play some games yes. which is cool yeah. and that's that's what that's why experience is so important and it's like when our guys go overseas to the states 
and race those races it's really cool because you're going to get that because it's such it's like racing it's not like time trial and you got a pacemaker you got two people following yeah. them go like we kind of get here but over there you've actually got tactical racing going on and you can learn how to race totally which is cool yeah yeah and it's part of why i like what world athletics is doing with this point system because suddenly now racing is more important rather than just running for times because man Mm. some of these diamond leagues get very boring when it's just out on world record Mm. pace and you're like okay they're all going to fall apart one guy's going to hold on and run reasonably fast but let's be honest (laughs) someone's going to fall apart somewhere with this so yeah Anyway, so Sam Tanner's uh, training buddy, uh, Hayden Wild. This is absolutely not athletics, but uh, we have to talk about it because at least a third of it is kind of athletics related. So yeah. Hayden Wild uh, won the Arena Games Triathlon in in uh, Singapore, which is a really cool concept. It's an indoor, um, basically electronic based um, triathlon where they run in the pool. I think this one was actually run out outdoors for this one. Um, but then they jump on a trainer so uh, for the bike and so it's measured by wattage and you're running on a platform called Zwift which is sort of like a computer game yeah. for, for cyclists and then uh, same thing with with the run you're on a on one of those weird treadmills that they um the curved what are they called aerodynes is that the right name something like that just- yeah, yeah. It, it feels weird to run on anyway. But so they do a really cool system where they do three races and they mix up the order of the triathlon. So I think they finish with the traditional swim, bike, run, but they mix it up so it's like bike, swim, uh, bike, run, swim, or, or mm. uh, run, swim, bike. And yeah, cool. It's, it's a cool format, but Hayden really dominated, pulled away in the, the bike section and then just nice. crushed the last race, I think by about 10 seconds, which is a, a big, big win for, for him. So he's, he's looking like he's using mm. that, that run form that took him to another national 5k title to uh, really focus it on the on the triathlon and there was talk that maybe we could see him in the 5000 meters at the com games yeah i yeah. can't see that i can't see that happening. okay because when are they in the schedule that's the other question yeah i think he does the triathlon first that's early okay. in the in the com games and so it would work um doing his favorite mm-hmm. event first but i think he's he would have need to hit some times in like nine to fives okay. here um, something like that and yeah, yeah. He, he just wasn't quite in, in the shape he needed to be so okay yeah that's fair but hey that's a cool concept like I wonder how like do they have it all on big screens um yeah. to watch yeah, yeah. it's like so, a video game yeah it's all on, on screen big crowd in the stadium and yeah it looks it looks fun cool way of, of cool. watching an outdoor event that's usually like you see them disappear around the block and then they don't come back for a while so yeah um, yes yeah, it's, it's cool concept all, all born out of covid times stopping races they started mm. doing like zwift racing and then they decided yep. oh let's turn this into a, a indoor event so yeah it's cool yeah, now, that's cool this week we have a special guest <laughs> alicia loverich is our guest so 
I'd like to formally welcome to the show, Alicia. <laughs> and we, we thought it'd be a cool opportunity to kind of introduce one of the, the co-hosts and, and hear your story and, and kind of your what's what why are you passionate about the sport, what got you into it, and also what's your involvement with the sport um, nowadays, because you're obviously heading to the World Champs in Com Games, not to... Uh, be voting in the poll vote, unfortunately, which is... Yeah, no, what... I've already had that question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hope you still claim it, though, when people ask you uh, what event you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tell you, I tell you, every time I go to these things, because, like, most of the, a lot of the media are older, but there's, like, a crop of us who are young, and we yeah. always get asked, oh, what event are you doing? Especially if I'm walking around in, like, a team kit. Yes. Which I would do... Um, when I'm shooting, like for the team, and then yeah. um, you got your accreditation on you. You look like an athlete. I mean, <laughs> sometimes it's great. Like at the airport, like they kind of get shuffled by like they assume so that you're good. an athlete, and so yeah, yeah but, I've been asked that so many times. <laughs> That's it. awesome. I. When I was 19, uh, and this is sort of showing my age, I worked in just merchandise sales at the Sydney Olympics, yep. which was awesome. Oh, yeah. And uh, I I had like a, sort of a kit that sort of looked sporty and you had your mm. accreditation around your neck. So I'd get asked all the time if I was an athlete. And I just said I was a triple jumper. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the number of times I'm sitting on the train and like some kids like, oh, you're in the Olympics. Yeah, I'm triple jump for New Zealand. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. That's I didn't even so know good. what triple jump was at the time. I think it was, yeah. Oh, I anyway. love that. No, so, it's funny. Yeah. Mm. So for you, Alicia, when did, when did you kind of get into athletics? I, I know you sort of started out as a runner, more things, yeah. but yeah, take us back to the first first memories. Oh, wow. So I've, I've been in the sport a bloody long time. I just put that out there. Yeah. Um, so I think... I was always like semi okay at running uh, when I was real young, like kind of um, like at school athletics or whatever you, I'd like win or um, like cross country. And then one, I think a teacher talked to my mum at a school event when I was eight and wow. said, Hey, you should um, enroll your daughter into athletics. And oh. so we did. And so I've been doing athletics. I've been at part of an athletics club ever since I was eight what was and, your, uh, your first athletics club? Ellerslie. Ellerslie. Nice. Yeah. So I'm closer to Easton. The yeah. reason I went to Ellerslie was because um, my brother, so I have a, I have a younger brother um, who is a couple years younger than me, um, two and a half years younger than me, and he and mum was like, well, if one kid's going to do it, I need to sort out the other kid. Yes. And my brother was actually, um, he doesn't do, he's an engineer. He doesn't do anything in sport now, but he was very sporty as well. And oh. then my dad's really sporty. So we've had sport kind of stuff our whole life. Um, like I think I played tennis when I was five kind of thing. And then kind wow. of just always sporty. Like our front yard, so we've got like a front driveway, um, which is like, it's not that long. It's maybe like 20 meters. Um, but the garage door has an array of ball marks from the years and years of playing crap every in our type front of yard. ball yeah yeah that's awesome. like cricket perfect length for cricket oh yes yeah, so there's a lot of cricket yes. ball marks and it's like, yeah. a, it's like a wooden garage door so it shows up nice. like football marks and stuff and so we're always we're really sporty so my brother's actually quite sporty so my my mum 
So like the time it started, dad would have still be coming out from work. So yeah. mum was like, well, I want to have them at the same time. Now at Eastern, the juniors, so my brother would have been a junior because they start at seven. So my brother would have been six. He actually, yeah, six. And so yeah. you'd have to join the, your stuff starts at five or something okay. like earlier. And then my stuff started later at six. And so we, um, and mum smart was thinking, well, I don't want to hang out there an extra hour if I don't have to. <laughs> and so we went to Ellerslie for the pure reason that they both did it at the same time. Makes sense. Logistics. Yeah. Yeah. And did yeah. you enjoy it? Did, did you enjoy it right from where go? Or I did. You, yeah. I did, but not as like, I didn't think, so I did not think that athletics was going to be the last standing sport I did. Mm. So I did a lot of other sports. I did, oh God, so much sport. It wasn't funny. Mostly like school stuff. Yeah. Like I signed up for every team under the sun. Um, And then I did my main sports outside school because there's only so many Uber mother, Uber father, not that keen on driving around too much. So I did, (laughs) my main sports was cricket, football and athletics. And I did not think that I would, athletics would be the one that kept standing because in the summer you had cricket games so athletics was kind of something I did once a week. Just I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. And I really liked, like in junior athletics, you kind of, um, you, you're with a group, you hang out and you go to each event, you do each event and you made friends. And that was amazing. I love that. And yeah. then I think I went to, I did move to Eastern when I was 11. Um, got to the point where it's a bit closer. Oh, I can't remember what other reasons, but yeah. So we, I moved to Eastern and it was, yeah. But I just did athletics like once a week at club night and I did the odd Colgate games. So I've done quite a few Colgate games when I was young. Cause that was fun. I never really trained super hard. Like I did, I was doing a lot of my other sports. Um, I was playing, like I played cricket at like a decent level and I played football at a decent level as well. So they took over like my life. And then I what, thought this was what a are we talking there. decent level? Are we talking, uh, first 11 at, at school or are we talking rep? Um, so I was in the New Zealand under 17 squad for football. Were you? <laughs> there we go. And, so and I just back, missed out on going forward, to World Cup. Middle? Um, so midfield, for, surely, if you're doing well, athletics. For um, so I'm quite lanky and tall, so I didn't have the best touch. So I never was a okay. center mid, but yeah. I would rely a lot on the way I played football is I would move a lot. Like it would be like not much stop start. Like I would constantly moving the ball. I'd constantly be doing like rainbows or marathon, like kind of like all these little, which is so bad for my ankles. Oh my gosh. So I got to the point <laughs> I'd distract my ankles just because of the moves I would do. I know. Um, so I played so for first 11 and then I played prems and prem reserves. So I played senior football when I was 14. Wow. Yeah, I know. There and I'm looking go. back now, I'm like, holy shit. I'm glad shit, we're doing this was... interview. We're, we're learning all sorts of <laughs> No one knows about... it about me at all. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I, like, we, we thought my parents, uh, school, whatever, thought like I would go the whole way as for football. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I played senior football when I was 14 and I would play far out. So, like, yeah, 10, 11, 12, I played football every single day, more wow. than once a day, going to – because I played for three teams. So I played my senior team. <laughs> I played my actual age group team. Yeah. And then I and played first team. 11 for school. Wow. Yeah. And Busy. so I did all that. And um, all the sc- club and school. And then I, I, I played for Auckland as well, too. Um, so they were all <laughs> Just forward or wing. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, like the progression. So I was always up front or on the wing. So, so that was like 
Yeah. So what happened? Then, what what happened to football? Yeah. Did you because you um, realise there's probably more potential in football than there oh, is in athletics, yeah. right? Well, Scholarships think, and well, yeah, I know there's, there's quite more. <laughs> there's a lot of upset coaches when I stopped. I tell you that right now. Um, <laughs> I did. Oh, and then when I played in for New Zealand, I was a fullback, and so I okay. would run like I'd cross over. So I would run the whole length because they were like, you can run. Yeah. So you can run like you can actually leg it. So yeah. I would overlap the winger. And okay. so we'd do a move where we'd, uh, the fullback would overlap the winger and I would end up crossing the ball, even though uh-huh. I was a fullback. So I would I run like the it. whole length. Um, but I think what happened was I got um, my awareness for the game. Like I didn't make the best decisions. So that was like, <laughs> you got to call. Okay, so when you're in the squad, um, it's like quite a ruthless process. And so my athletics kind of disappeared 2009 because that's when I got my letter. So back then you got a letter from New Zealand football saying that you'd made the national squad. Um, you do like a big, um, you would do back then you do like a big camp, which yep. was like in your holidays, you'd be football. I, I had no life. Like I was always doing sport, whatever. <laughs> um, football. And then it got cut down. And so then during the year, so it went from like a 50 to like 24. And that was a team that right. played in our national women's league. So yep. I played in there and then we had another, then they bring in other people. So every single time you go on, you put like your kit on for training or whatever is a trial. So there's okay. a lot of pressure. And as like a 16 year old, like there's a lot, it was so yeah. much pressure. Um, it did get to the point where I was kind of not enjoying it. Like I was prefer yeah. playing for my club team. Whereas every time my coach was like, it was like the old school kind of like hard, like militant style coach. Um, yeah. And so, which it does agree with some people, but I mean, with me, I was thinking like, Ugh, and I was still doing athletics once a week and it was so relaxed. Cool. I stopped cricket in year 10. There was like no way could I do it all. So, um, and yeah. then it was so relaxed and athletics and it was so nice turning up. And then I went to football and it was literally like every single time as a trial, like every touch you do, you're watched and you had this big 50 squad. I remember this. And then the next cut down was 21. And that's your, wow. that was your, qualifier, your qualifier team that you go to qualify for world cup. And this is when you're 16. Yeah. And I was at school doing my schoolwork and everything, playing football a million times a week. Um, and I, so I didn't make the next one and it was so shit. Cause so all my friends, they were all talking to each other and they were getting their calls first. And I hadn't had my call. Oh, and so they called the no. team first and then they call everyone else. And then um, I got my call and he was like, kind of like, yeah, your awareness let you down. So that's reading the game. Okay. So everything else he said was fine. Was, and then I remember being like, okay, that's fine. Um, I was obviously upset. And so you're like, oh. And then I was just kind of talking. I was like, oh, like, this is an, um, I had athletics. So that it was, oh, it might have been, it was, I was year 12. So yeah, when I was year 12, that was 2010. That's when World Cup was on. So it was like the beginning of that year. Um, that's when we were told. And I said, oh, I'm still going to, I'll play for my school. I'll play for my club. I'll play for the reserves team. So back then I'm a bit bloody minded. I was like, I'm still going to play. I'm going to try for the under 20 world cup. Yeah. And so I play, I still play football a million times a week, but then I was starting to do more athletics and I did it twice a week through the winter. Then in summer came along and then I got the call up. Cause that's when all your rep stuff happened. And I said, you know what? I like did it. I was, I said, Oh, like I had another sport, which is dangerous for them in this position because I had a full, I had another sport I could go to. Yeah. And I kind of, yeah. I was loving the athletics 
Cool. And then I said, oh, I actually just want to focus on athletics this summer. Um, I'll come back to football in the new year. The one summer I focus on athletics, so I, I would always just make, like national schools was at the end of the year, I'd always just just make a final. Or like, I'd be yes. like, because kind of, I didn't really focus on it. Then the summer I did focus on it, um, not training that much during the winter, I, I came fourth by a whisker. What it was end? two races at 400. Event? 400. 400. Wow. At Hastings, there was two races. There was like three of us. So there was like four of us who were all really close. Yeah. And then it was the other four. And then it's so like the first time ever I was kind of like one of the ones who was like in that top pack. Right. And then there. I kind of realized, shit, if I actually trained all winter, <laughs> could I? And I was, I was what the youngest. Could you do? Wow. So everyone and else. This was it, under under eighteen nationals, was it? Uh, yeah. So you know, yeah. school nationals when I was like oh, senior. school nationals. Yeah. Yeah, and then everyone else had left for the next right. year, and I kind of yes. did the math, and I was like, "Hang on a minute, I could try win my senior year when I was year thirteen. And Choice. so then I decided in year thirteen, I'm going to. That was my decision. Like it was Go such a rough in. decision. Yeah, yeah. Someone, the football called me, like my school, and like, "Are you going to come to China training?" And there was like right then, I just made like it was just out of the blue, like. I'm actually going to play football this year. And yeah. it was like a pin dropped on the other end. It was so funny. Wow. And I thought I was just going to come back and I never did. Yeah. And then I got injured that year and it was great. So my <laughs> athletics were like a massive, like, like literally Bye-bye. like a swan dive. Yeah. In saying that, what, massive why swan dive. Got, why do you think you got injured? Was that from? Oh, just... I overtrained. Okay. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a psycho. Do like, you think suddenly, yeah. if you kept playing football, you might not have got injured? Because I think so, because cross-training? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, like, I was movement. so used to training so much. But also, so then my other pillar, that's one pillar of my life is sport. My other pillar yeah. was design and art. And so oh. I was really, I wanted to do I wanted to do graphic design. So I got, getting into my, I went to AUT and the design school there is like, 600 people apply, 100 people get in. So wow. good luck. So then I also was thinking, oh, I need to really focus on my uni so I make sure I get into course I wanted to. And then mm-hmm. like anyone at school who does art. So I did two art subjects and media studies, which is um, busy, a suicide. It's a busy year 13. It's yeah. disgusting. Yeah. It's like, it's actually, I am stupid. Like, <laughs> which probably could be why I got injured as well, to be honest. Like I wasn't giving myself enough rest because I had so much schoolwork and stuff. Um, and I did that and then I kind of went to uni, but oh. I never really, I just had a run of injuries and it was one of the years I had to buy a camera because photography was compulsory at uni. Right. And then I got injured again. So I never stopped getting injured after that year, pretty much. Um, <laughs> and I bought my camera to the track to take photos of my friends at nationals. That was in Auckland, 2013. And that was the start. That was the catalyst. Yeah. Literally. So this so, is yeah. your 10th year of photographing athletics. Yeah. That's cool. So the first few years were shit. So let's just put that out there. Okay. Like I yeah, get they, my... um. They were practice. Yeah. yeah. Like Facebook memory comes up all the time around nationals. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> delete, delete, delete. Oh, if anyone saw that and told... If anyone saw those pictures and be like, this girl's going to go photograph at the Olympic Games, I'd laugh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah funny. Well, so, yeah, that's my story. That, 
it replicates or parallels quite nicely with the athletic journey, you know, especially a, a sport like pole vault, which you start off and you, you can't even get off the ground. And then, yeah. Um, yeah. And the more you, more work you put in um, and like from, from an outsider's perspective, like me being able to see your progression in photographs, um, it's been amazing. And you, you've captured some of like the, the best moments in, in, uh, New Zealand athletics history so over the last you know, 10 years, which is so awesome. But I think the other thing that you bring to the sport is that you provide the content for so many of our athletes to, to post. And yeah. I, I don't think that should be um, yeah underestimated the impact on of that because that's taking the sport and actually demonstrating to like a 14 year old sitting at home scanning through Instagram, like, far out the sport looks cool it's Mm. yeah it's got a cool image like like surfing does or like um any other sports that have a good image around them Uh, i think you've added that um that aesthetic to the sport uh which is i think really really valuable so (laughs) well done for your service to the the sport in that respect um so what about what was your first uh big big event overseas um so world champs in london so 2017 was i'm calling it my midlife crisis year yeah so (laughs) the reason is is because i finished all my uni for some reason i did communications i thought i wanted to work in social media i didn't whatever (laughs) finish so i finished i have like a postgrad diploma in communications and a bachelor design which i don't really use either that's fine (laughs) um like so in the year I finished my study and I was kind of falling in and out of love with running. So I kind of moved, I kept trying to run. I kept like my 400 PB is from school. Yeah. Like I literally peaked at school and then I just kept breaking and getting injured. It's probably partially my fault. Um, and actually it's hundred percent my fault cause I'm stupid. <laughs> I will just pray until I die. Um, and I went to 800, et cetera. And I was falling out of, yeah, I, the thing that was keeping me in the sport was the culture. I was in Paul Hamler's group, which is now called Bay's Babes. Oh. Um, that was that that was my squad. It ended up being like I moved through. I used to train with um, Russ Hoggard and Porsche back in the day. Yeah. And then I kind of moved up. And the squad, we became such good friends. But that was the only thing holding me there. And so yeah. I kind of was like, oh, like, and I didn't want to give the sport up. And it was like maybe 2015, maybe. Um, I was doing a little bit of stuff with Jeremy with the pole vaulters and kind of he he made up this event called Vertical Pursuit, which escalated to yeah. jumping in Britomart and um, Sky Tower. But before it was just at Millennium. And so I helped them heaps with this event and then I kind of got to know the pole vault world. And I was friends with them before as well. Uh, we you know, at the track and everything like that. It's a small community. Um, and I kind of was saying, so actually fun fact, when I was really young, I did high jump and long jump as well as running. And I did cool. have an inkling that I did want to start pole vault when I was yeah, 14. Yeah. You can't do it at ACA. Yes. So my parents so, living here, they were like, hell no, we're not going to the shore. <laughs> Especially, you know, like that was the commitment. And that's fair enough. Like we did that for football. You train at North Harbour. So, yeah. and I wasn't, and also I would have had to actually commit and I was quite enjoyed running. So didn't want to do that. Um, and then suddenly I just like being friends with the vaulters. I had one of my friends, I remember one day, uh, Carrie Charlesworth, who's, who's been one of, she's a 425 vaulter, uh, my age, um, riddle with injuries. She's now given up the sport. Um, and so 
she was kind of training and we were just talking. She's a good friend of mine. And, and we kind of just had the conversation and she was doing sandpit drills. And I was like, oh, can I have a go? Oh. And then just a light bulb <laughs> moment turned on. And yeah. I'd been so involved with the Volta's as an event, just with shooting them, shot them first many times before I actually jumped. And I think shooting it, I started to be like, actually, this is doable. Actually, this is cool. And then one day I just said to myself, I'm going to start pole vault. Choice. And that's how it happened. That's same cool. year. And then the same year, um, I saw uh, World Champs was coming up. And so I remember watching the Olympic Games in Rio and going, like, I'm pretty bloody minded, actually. Like, and so <laughs> I watched Rio Olympics and I remember being like, I want to be there in four years' time. How am I going to get there in four years' time? Because I kind of started my photography journey in 2015, and then I was kind of, oh, this is cool. And that classic athlete mentality is where you want to take this as high as you yeah, go. Yeah. And so as totally. a photographer shooting athletics, that is go. the highest you can go. Yeah. Um, and so I remember watching Rio going, I'm going to do, what can I do to get to Tokyo? I'm going to do everything I can to get to Tokyo. The first step was Com Games. And then World Champs came up in London, and I was like, huh, huh. Yeah, not studying. Yeah. I've saved up a bit of money working. I knew we got accreditations. And so I just emailed Athletics New Zealand. They're probably like, what? Um, saying, hey, um, can I have that accreditation? <laughs> and they're sitting there going like, we have no budget. What do you, you know, like, this is so random. And I said, I know, don't worry about it. I just want to go. Yeah. I'll give you the photos, whatever. And then I did. And I literally dropped cash and went to London. And that was that, that just kickstarted everything. Amazing. So, yeah, that's my first one and the most amazing experience as well. Cause that was Usain Bolt's last yeah, major. Yeah. 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 Totally. Mo Farah was uh, yeah. finishing up on the track, I think. Yeah, because um, like, like he ran yeah. the 10K, one, yeah. lost my voice because the stadium just fucking <laughs> oh, erupted. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh. So good. Like uh, the London so stadium, you, yeah. You've done that. You've done 2019 Worlds. Yep. Yep. I can't even remember where that was. Mine, Doha. Mine black. Doha. There we Sweat go. Fest. Of course. And then <laughs> 2020. Tom Games. 2018. Tom Games, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2020 Olympics, which was in 2021, and this year the big, big double Birmingham Com Games and World Shit. Champs in Oregon. So good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that, that's such a cool journey, and and of course you do other photography outside of this. It's yep. your it's your full time job. You you've yeah. done shoots for all sorts of all sorts of companies around the place. You're up for yeah. hire for any companies. You, you, you specialize in sports photography, would you say? Yeah. Sports and lifestyle? Sports, lifestyle, pretty much anything with people. Also, we're going to take a break because our yeah. recording's going to stop. I reckon, we can, I reckon we can wrap it up and we've got like two minutes left on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, yeah, so pretty much anything with people, mainly sports, lifestyle, but you, you do see me shooting corporate events and corporate work choice. as well which is fun so no two days the same yeah i love it it's so cool and and as i say like the importance of being able to see athletics is so massive mm. like sky sport next now we've got we've got the live streams that you can oh, actually watch how it that? um and you know having the social media like good quality photos not just taken on a phone um is yeah brings brings the sport to people and it's 
yeah, it makes a massive difference. So th- thank you for everything you've done on behalf of the athletics right. community in New Zealand. Hey, it does make it. A, a massive difference. Our, it means our feeds look way, way better than they would otherwise. <laughs> So, oh, it's cool. Yeah. I'm in the thick of it. Like, yes. I'm so in the thick of it, like, of everyone's journey. I feel so involved because I've, like, documented, you know, these athletes' journey for years. It's so cool just being it's, so part of it. It's so cool. So thank you, Alicia, for sharing your story, and thank you for everyone for tuning in. We will be back, of course, in a couple of weeks' time, bringing you up to speed with what's been happening in the world of Aotearoa track and field. In the meantime... Stay healthy, everyone. Don't get COVID like I'm about to. (laughs) And we will catch you soon. All right. See ya.